This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today, I'm pleased to announce, is our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. Hi, Jay. Hello, Ian. How are you, James? Not too bad, thank you. Yourself? I am full of cold, thanks for asking. Also with us is the most social member of the sports team, Joseph Rimmer. Hi, Joe. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm fine. Excellent. And also, the nicest man of sports journalism, it's Chris Beasley. Hi, Chris. Hello, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't playing along with that at all. Anyway, it's been a, it's been an interesting week for Liverpool in which they play Chelsea and they look ahead to playing Chelsea again. James, you were down with myself at Melwood today to listen to Jurgen Klopp speak. Uh, looking back at the uh, League Cup game, I'm not calling it the Carabao Cup, League Cup game in midweek, <laughs> uh, in which Liverpool lost 2-1, but also looking ahead to the game at Stamford Bridge. And he did have some worrying injury news, didn't he? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously all everyone was waiting on what the latest bulletin was on Virgil van Dijk. And certainly all the news all week was that he would be OK. Van Dijk said himself after the game last weekend, oh, no, I'll, be, I'll be fine. I don't think anyone ever expected him to play in midweek. Um, but yeah, it is a concern, the fact that Klopp said he, he still wasn't ready to to be, be in full training and it would be a, a late judgment call on whether he takes part at, at Stamford Bridge. I think it must be a real dilemma for him because I think Wednesday night showcased, if we didn't know already, just what a massive difference he makes to this Liverpool team. And um, you know, I, I think he's probably the, the one player, if you take out that team, Liverpool miss more than anyone else. Uh, and I think it, it would have a big bearing on Liverpool's chances of, of getting a positive result down at Stamford Bridge. But Klopp obviously has to bear in mind this is an absolutely momentous week, really, with uh, Napoli away and then Manchester City on the horizon as well. I mean, reading between the lines, as we tend to do quite a lot in our job, what would be your take? I'd have to say that listening to what he was saying and the way that he was he was bigging up Dejan Lovren and also uh, Joel Matty would suggest that perhaps he's preparing, if not himself than the fans for the fact that Van Dijk might not be playing at Sanford Bridge? Yeah, it, it did come across like that. I think the, the one thing I would say, is I, it's, I don't think it's a massive issue that he hasn't trained. I think if if, if he's up to it in terms of, he, he, you know, he can play with the pain. Clearly, you know, if they're convinced it's only bruising, it's not like if, if, if he can withstand that level of pain with painkillers, then, you know, hopefully there, there's still a chance. But yeah, I think you're right. The way that he was talking about just the fact that, of course, you're going to miss a world-class player like Van Dijk, but you know we've won games without him and we, we, we can do so again. Did feel like he was almost preparing fans for the worst, but you know, hopefully it won't come to that. I mean, Joe, have you had a rib injury in the past? Nope, never. W- would, would you like one? Are you, is that a threat? <laughs> you threatening me? It's, it's more of a suggestion than anything else. Uh, the point being that it's not the most serious of injuries, but it's one that hurts. And it's in an awkward place. Have you had a rib injury? I've, I've the way hurt my ribs. Yeah, it does hurt. It does hurt. Yeah, it's so like when you're your, getting bullied. It's in a little school. bit. It's a little bit like <laughs> hurting your back. You know, whereas yeah. there's no doesn't seem to be any sign of it for anybody to see. But it doesn't have hurt. It, it makes you you know uncomfortable. But anyway, going back to the point I was making before you <laughs> okay. rudely interrupted me. The point is, the opposition players know that Van Dyke's got an injury now. So it, in the same way that he had to go off when Shane Long bumped into him, he didn't know about it. You know, it, it, cynical, cynical side of me suggesting that if he does play against Chelsea, do you think they'll be wanting to put one or two on him? Perhaps so, yeah. I mean, it's a good point. I think if they, if they had Costa, he certainly would. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good point. I don't, as as you mentioned before, and as James alluded to, I, I get the feeling he won't play. Um, 
it did feel like Klopp was preparing us for no Van Dyke tomorrow. And I don't want to give James too much credit, but what he said was spot on about Van Dyke being the one player now. It feels that if if you take out that Liverpool team, it makes a massive difference. And I thought we saw on Wednesday night. I thought the defence looked just a million miles away from what it does with him in the, in the, in the but was that lineup. was that because of the centre backs or was that because of all the things oh, it's, a, it's a combination of things I thought the full backs looked I mean the, the way Robertson and, and Trent have come through now they just looked f- so much better than, than Klein and, and Moreno do um, so I think it is a combination of things but I do think Van Dijk is the one focal point in that defence and the way he leads the way he wins all the headers and you know um, yeah for me I wouldn't keep Matip in I, I just don't I don't like Matip. I just think he's. What did he's you? Say, what did you say he had before when we were speaking in the office? A square head. Um, well, fifty p heads. Fifty p heads more like it. Though he did obviously it. in his last home league game score a header. He did. He did a great header. But everything else, he seems to head straight up in the air, doesn't he? I, I keep Gomez in alongside um, Lovren if, if Van Dijk doesn't make it. Um, I think Gomez is playing. I think well Gomez starts wherever, doesn't he? Yeah. I think, Gomez, think so, Gomez is Liverpool's second best yeah. centre back. I think. It felt like Klopp was hinting in his press conference that those two, those two play well together and they could stay together. But well, when they play, when they used to play together a couple of seasons ago, famously Liverpool barely lost a game, didn't they? I mean, yeah, if, that's true. Yeah. I mean, Chris, if Van Dijk does miss out, would you prefer to go with Lovren, given the fact that he is the self-confessed one of yeah. the best defenders in the world? Short term, as as in uh, for Saturday, I think I would go for Matip after what Ooh. he did um, last weekend. He had made a positive Don't ask him again. Um, <laughs> 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 Nicest man. <laughs> He's just absolutely Far done nice. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, sorry go on. You were saying it's a scoring return. He'll be he'll be confident. He kept he kept that clean sheet. Whereas obviously Lovren um, came back and they they struggled midweek. I think long term, Lovren would probably be the preferred option. But I think. For Saturday, Van Dijk doesn't make it. I think that Matip deserves another chance. So Matip and Gomez, Matip says and Gomez, Mr Beasley. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe, Joe, we know what you've said. James, you reckon, you reckon it's going to be Lovren if Van Dijk doesn't play? Uh, I know, well, I think it will absolutely be nailed on Gomez yeah. unless unless he's got an issue we don't know about because I think Gomez has been out, outstanding so far this season. And then I think it's almost a coin toss for whoever you pick, whether it's Lovren or Matip along. Because I think... Do you think it actually is a coin toss? Well, I think the concern. Well, if both of them are absolutely bang on it, a hundred percent fit, then then I think it's Lovren by quite some distance. But the concern for me, which makes it doubly concerning, if there's no Van Dyke, is how little football both Matip and Lovren have played. Because I mean, Matip's obviously had a couple of games in the last week, but I don't think he's. He had. A, he had I thought he had a really good first season at Liverpool, and then mm. la- last season. You know, was nowhere near that level. Had issues with injuries, which hampered his progress as well. Um, but yeah, Lovren massively outperformed Matip uh, last season. You know, people thought that when Van Dijk came in, it would be like the leader that Matip needed alongside him to really kick on. But in fact, it was it was Lovren who benefited more than anyone from Van Dijk. So, I, I think probably Lovren and Gomez. Um, but yeah, the only concern with Lovren is a game of this intensity. Having played what once since the World Cup final, mm. you're shaking your head there. Not well, no, it's a good, no, anyway, it's not ideal, is it? But I yeah. think I still think I probably just about rather have Lovren yeah. because I just think he's a better defender than Matip. Now I know that throughout the week earlier this week, sorry, that you and Joe were at loggerheads over the yeah, importance yeah. of the League Cup. I know you're normally at loggerheads anyway, normally over yeah. who's getting the bruising. It's normally Joe, by the way, um, but. James leaves the tea bag in. He does, doesn't he? He does, which is yeah. pretty horrendous. He's, he's just, he's, 
you know, it's, it's not a it's got no defense. Job, he's, he's, he's just he like he's shaking he's his head, shrugging his shoulders. Or you prefer it if you brood him, though. To be fair, yeah. uh, but after the the, the press conference, sorry, uh, this morning, Jurgen Klopp came out and said there were absolutely no positives from getting beat by Chelsea in the League Cup because he was he was the the, the question was like, oh, it's, well, yeah, it could be a he didn't the person who asked the question didn't say blessing in disguise, Joe, but they did say. Oh, now that they're, you're out the League Cup, you can concentrate on the Premier League and the Champions League. And I know you would have been absolutely fuming at that concept. Yeah, I, I was. I came away from the game on Wednesday night pretty frustrated. I'll be honest. I, I know, I know it's the, the sort of ugly sister of all competitions that the, the Carabao Cup. It's funny you say Carabao before. I was thinking, had anyone ever heard of Carabao before they sponsored the League Cup? Well, isn't that why they're sponsoring? So it's done its job, isn't yeah, it? Exactly, yeah, it's yeah. job. But yeah, I, I came away quite frustrated because. I just think it's another chance to win a trophy and United have been knocked out the day before. Obviously, Liverpool could have knocked Chelsea out, another big rival for it. And I just felt too many changes, too many changes. Again, the full-backs were for me key. I think Chelsea targeted Moreno on one side and on the other side let Liverpool play the ball to Klein as much as they want because Klein is pretty limited now, I think, with the ball. I think he's a solid enough defender, but I think with the ball... He, compared to Trent, he's pretty limited. Well, the suggestion from Klopp, by the way, is that Trent wouldn't have played anyway because he was ill. Yeah, OK, maybe so. But I just played Robertson then on the other side um, and I still played that. And I know, look, I don't have to manage a squad, so I don't have to tell Mignolet that he's not playing, but I still played Allison. Um, you can't blame Mignolet. You can't blame Mignolet. Had a good not, game. Not blame him, but as a, as, a, as a unit, as a unit, <laughs> a defence works as a unit and I think you'd have been better off with a, a better presence in goal and a better presence at left back or at right back. And, yeah, I think they paid for it. It's it's frustrating. It's another competition that they've gone out. Another chance for a trophy, gone. And um, it's funny because people saying to me before the game, "Oh, but you know, I'd throw that if you offered me Chelsea." No one offers you games, and it doesn't work like that. Football, <laughs> you know, it's a strange, it's a strange thing people say all the time. But if you offered me three points at the bridge, no one's offering you. Liverpool, Liverpool can go and lose tomorrow, and then what? I, I was going to swear because I'm. Yeah, you nearly way, did. But yeah. what a rubbish week that would be if Liverpool <laughs> go and lose at the bridge tomorrow. And and that that's the big issue now, isn't it? It's all, it's like, and it's easy to say with hindsight, but it's like the Bernabeu and Real Madrid all over again. It's not. I know. Not, right, not, I know. Where, in the I know, same sense, I was going to mention You can this, lose yeah. the two games and then. Yeah. And then all those no, changes. No, made. made eight changes as well. Both managers they, treated it exactly the same. Now, it's, did, part of the, it's part of the issue then. It's part of the issue then that Klopp has been reluctant to change his team because they were winning all the way through the start of the season. He's kept changes to a minimum. I mean, I had a, a little look at it, and there was only Emerson for Chelsea who came in that hadn't actually played already this season. I mean, yeah. some, I think two or three of the other changes have just made a couple of substitute appearances. And it's, a, it's but, irrelevant. Well, but, well, it's not re- irrelevant. It's irrelevant if Sarri makes the changes, because what I'm talking about is Liverpool's chances. And Liverpool's... So what? So well, Sarri makes re- the changes. Well, I think Liverpool's the, chances improve by making the changes. I think the, the relevance is, the relevance is they were always going to have to make changes. Yeah. No, I'm, a second-string Liverpool team preparing, played a full-strength Real Madrid No, I'm not preparing. I'm, I'm comparing the, the week in terms of... then you are, then you It puts more pressure on the second It puts more pressure on the second game. So if Liverpool lose at Chelsea tomorrow then it feels like, and people can talk about further down the line, but I still feel like you could have made tweaks rather than wholesale changes. Right. I agree with, with Joe in that respect. Then. See, bring him on. Bring him <laughs> on one more point. He's just trying to get rid of him a minute ago. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, we, we talk about, obviously, the, all the teams make plenty of changes in the League Cup matches, but ultimately when it comes to the crunch, I think, hasn't it been won about 10 times out of the last 12 years by teams in the 
the, what we call the Premier League Big Six. About I think about the last five years and the trot. Ultimately, when we get um, to the final, it's it's the big teams who still dominate. And for a team like Liverpool, who wants to be winning trophies and hasn't won one for a little while now, and Klopp's still searching for his first trophy, it might have proven the platform to go on for bigger and better things later in the season. I mean, that's a good point, Chris, because it's become a competition now, the League Cup, whereby because the leading teams put their reserve teams out, the other teams go, well, we're going to put our reserve teams <laughs> out mad. as well. And then it's like, well, it's like, but what a surprise to see, as Chris said, the big teams are winning because their reserve teams, their second strings are better than the other teams. But, James, you think there may have been the point that Joe, I don't know whether Joe's trying to make this point or not, but if you're Klopp and you pick a full-strength team against a second-string Chelsea that you know is going to be second-string and you do not win, what message does that send out? Well, not a very good one, but I don't, I don't think that would have been in his mind when he was picking the so team. Why, so why didn't he pick a stronger team then? Well, be- because we're in the midst of seven games in the space of 23 days, and, and quite clearly this was the perfect opportunity to give key men a breather. And now, So therefore, why hasn't he been changing the team a little bit more? Earlier in the season, well, why would you? When you because well, but well, this, this, this goes back to the point I was making before well, is the fact that Chelsea, this is the fourth, the League Cup was always the fourth priority. You can't suddenly suddenly decide that now Liverpool are out the League Cup that it was like this massive thing that they should have thrown everything at. No, because and also the other thing is it wasn't like Liverpool got massively outplayed by Chelsea. They started really badly and was second best for like twenty five minutes, then dominated the second part of the first half. Pretty much dominated all, all of the second half apart from the last ten minutes. Wasted chances. I mean, it was it was such a night of fine margins. You know, he, but better players make a difference when it comes down to fine not margins. Really, not no, yes, they do. No, yes, no, they do. Ninety nine times out of hundred, Sturridge rolls that ball into an empty that's, net. That's true. Well, but then you just said the ball well, then, played. What, what, and I think also ninety nine times out of hundred, someone with a brain who's looking at that VAR can see the Barclays <laughs> marginally offside. So if it goes to VAR, that gets ruled out. But then I think then, also a left back with a brain tries to tackle. Thank Hazard, you, Andrew Robertson. letting him go by. Well, you've just, so, well, you've just proved my point. I mean, Thanks very much. It's a game of five. Liverpool had more than enough chances over the course of that but, game. To but win. isn't this a case of what's happened all season, though? The one criticism Klopp's had from his players is that they've not been putting the chances away. And I know they've won the games previously, yeah. but this just seems to be... And I think it's something that maybe has got a little bit lost. Is that You're right, Liverpool. Everyone's getting slightly misled by just how poor Liverpool were in that first half hour. But... If you'd have said at the end of the half time, you'd have said at the end of the game, Chelsea win 2 1, you'd have gone, that's probably fair. But on the strength of the second half, Chelsea scored when Liverpool were on top, but Liverpool just didn't get the goals, and that's not the first time that's happened this season. They haven't been able to make life easy for themselves, have they? Yeah, I think that the difference in other games compared to Wednesday night, the Liverpool have controlled games a lot better. So yeah. even, even when they haven't been particularly clinical in the final third, they, they haven't really given much away and have just kept teams at bay. That, that didn't happen the other night. Partly because, obviously, I think it was you were never going to get the, the same kind of cohesion with with so many players having played so little. But I don't, I, I don't know. I didn't. I, I thought in the build up to the game, Klopp would always make seven or eight changes. I thought it was probably the right time to do so. And nothing really about Wednesday night changed my mind that he he did the right thing. I think it was just it, it came down to very fine margins, and Liverpool just ended up the wrong side of it. it it's a blow, but. You know, I, are, you I, mo- are you mo- are you not massively? Are you about to build it up to you're not massively bothered that they're out? Not massively, no, because I think this is a Liverpool team <laughs> capable of winning the Premier League, and I think when not so much the next couple of rounds, but I think it's that two-legged semi-final in January after a Christmas period that I, I just think. Well, he could have that, put the reserves out there, couldn't he? he? Could have put more of the reserves out there. No, but you don't do you not when you're that close to then a major final, and I, I 
I, I'd have much rather Liverpool had won the game the other night and got through and were still challenging on four fronts. And they and they probably should have done on the balance of play if they'd been more more ruthless. But it's it's not one of those seasons. This goes back to a year ago. Liverpool were already like massively cut adrift in the in the the, the Premier League. City had disappeared over the horizon and losing at Leicester. You were like, oh, for God's sake, well, we're already down to like one trophy effectively because none of us thought at that point the Champions League was realistic. It, it's, it doesn't feel the same this time around. No, that's, that's true. I, I agree with that. I, I just, to be honest, I, I, it's it's been six years and I am getting frustrated and every year they go out the League Cup early now and I, I just think it is a chance. And well, it's one, one League Cup winning 15 years, yeah. one FA Cup winning... It'll be twelve years and no league wins in twenty eight years. So, uh, yeah, treat everybody up there. And as much as I, I agree, I one hundred percent agree with James. I think this this team has a, has a great chance of winning the Premier League. I think it it can compete for the Champions League. We've seen that, and it, you know it could win an FA Cup. But I also think you you try and win the trophies where you can, and the Premier League is is a lot harder to win than the League Cup if you if you go all out for it, and. You know, they could fall short, and then it's another year without a trophy. It's a difficult, it's a difficult situation, isn't it? It is hard for the manager. He, he has to manage it, and he has to give players game time. It is easy for me to sit here and say, "Yeah, don't play Mignolet." Well, Mignolet trains all week, and Klopp has to make a decision. The same with the fullbacks. So it is hard, but it's just frustrating to see Liverpool go out of another trophy. Well, Joe, there was one thing that happened after the game. It's uh, after the final whistle. Jurgen Klopp came onto the pitch, and he was very animated towards Jordan Shakiri. Uh, he later explained that it was something to do with basically a freak at the Liverpool had in the last minute of injury time, where I think it was Henderson, wasn't it, who he put it up into the box, aimed aim for Mignolet, which obviously was the ball that everybody wanted to see. Whereas <laughs> Shakiri, <laughs> yeah, 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 Shakiri could, according to the eyes of Klopp, have released. Salah on the opposite flank and had a one-on-one run with at least well with one Chelsea defender, whoever it was. Did were you? I'm not sure a whether you saw it at the time, but are you surprised by the fact that it even happened? Because well, I thought I used to give I, did, I give Shakiri man of the match, and it, and of course it looked like mm, it's it one of them, wasn't it? It's just the manager a bit frustrated. It wasn't like he was hammering. I don't think he was hammering him. He was just frustrated. I thought Shakiri might have hit that free kick. I think going to say he might have out. hit Klopp then. Well, I, know, yeah. I know it was quite far out, but oh, I, I thought Shakiri would probably back himself to score. He would, and, yeah, he would have and I, it was a frustrating one, and you can understand why the manager's frustrated. Um, but it's not anything to worry about, is it? It's just Klopp's like that. He wears his heart in his sleeve. I don't think it's the first time we've seen him do that, is it? No, no. I think Klopp said today, didn't he? It was almost. He said it was because Shakiri was the first player he, he kind of came across when he walked mm. onto the field. And you could tell he was simmering with anger and, and frustration at what had just gone on. So, no, I don't think it needs to be kept in, in perspective because, yeah, he was just obviously angered at Shakiri's decision-making in that that one example. But I feel a bit sorry for him because it wasn't even his decision, was it? It was, <laughs> it was Henderson, the captain, I thought, I thought the, the, yeah, the look on Shakiri's face I thought was brilliant because he was, he was probably thinking, hang on a minute, like, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm doing too well. Because obviously he picked up man of the match as well, didn't he? After he had a game, another go him though, didn't he? I don't know why he didn't shoot when he was through. From, yeah. From the he should have shot then, yeah. And obviously he's thinking on Saturday, I've set up two goals. On my, on, my, on my full debut and then been hooked at half-time. Now I'm getting a public rollicking in front of everyone. But I think, do you know what? That's just Klopp, isn't it? He wears his heart on his sleeve. He's genuine. You know, he, he, he certainly didn't do it for the cameras. He didn't do it to create any kind of distraction or sideshow. He, he did it because the, the fact of the matter is, you know, 
he was he was angered at one thing he'd just seen and he wanted to get it off his yeah. off his chest. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Now, it's funny you should mention that about distraction and doing it for the cameras because, Chris, you wrote a piece, didn't you, the yes. following day where you compared it with something that happened a bit earlier the day yes. down at Man United's training ground where certain Jose Mourinho was treating Paul Pogba with a certain amount of... It's hard to explain exactly what he was doing, but it certainly got people to stop talking about Manchester United's penalty shootout defeat against Derby in the League Cup. If you'd forgotten about it, they lost. Um, yeah, I'm sure everybody uh, listening to this will have seen the, the pictures of Mourinho and Pogba and uh, Mourinho's at his press conference this afternoon. He wasn't going to disclose exactly what went on um, between them, but um, I think the pictures tell a, f- a thousand words there. Um, yeah, I genuinely believe there was a there's a great discrepancy between what um, Jurgen Klopp did with Shaqiri and what um, Mourinho had done with Pogba earlier in the day. Where that seemed a very cool, calculated manoeuvre from Mourinho. He knew the cameras were on him, whereas, like we've said here, um, Marie, um, Klopp's actions were, were in the spur at the moment, the, the heat of the battle, as it were. Um, it's best to get these things out in, in the open, and um, uh, it, it's all done and dusted now, whereas uh, I suspect what's going on over uh, Old Trafford will uh, simmer and uh, continue uh, throughout the season. I mean, would you ever see Klopp doing something quite like what Mourinho's been up to at the moment? Kind of unravelling in public, isn't he? No, he's, he's totally different the way he, um, he treats his players. I think um, one of the big things, one of the big plus points with Jurgen Klopp is that uh, that man management, the way the arm round the shoulder, the, the big Klopp bear hug. Um, he, he, he's very um, hands-on in, in, in every sense of the word, whereas Mourinho's always had that coolness, that aloofness. And I think with Mourinho, whereas those sorts of methods might have worked in the past, is a new generation of players now and perhaps they uh, respond a bit differently and perhaps that's why he's struggling. I mean, Joe, can you going to say something, Joe? It's funny, I, I don't want to turn into a conversation about Mourinho, but you said those methods worked in the past. He never used to be like that, did he? He was more like Klopp when he first joined mm. Chelsea. He's just becoming like a grumpy it's, it's old strange, man, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. But, yeah. but, but to, Lampard and Terry, they used to He needs to, to move it. out of that hotel. I think it's what it is. Just, I definitely think it's the hotel. Look, look what it did to Alan Partridge. Mm. And, he isn't even, and he isn't even real. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Mourinho just spends his nights dismantling his me trouser And then, then, then yeah. phoning up reception asking for certain television channels to be put on. Yeah. Does he take yeah, like a dinner plate down? Jose's big plate. It is almost like you say... Um, He's he's lost he's lost the the whole enjoyment of, of football. The one thing about Jurgen Klopp, um, he enjoys the ride. I mean, whatever you thought about it, the, the day after the, the, the well, the, the hours after the Champions League final, they, they'd lost the game, and there he was pictured singing yeah. with the fans. Yeah. And whereas Mourinho, he's I don't I, I maybe mean, our listeners would probably love this, but I just don't see how he gets out of this situation at Manchester United. It's not looking good for him. Well, because he's killed him. He's after <laughs> there is no way back. <laughs> after that, if the, once, once again, the bees are smoking, the yeah, no, yeah. he's absolutely journalism. destroyed the, him. The other thing you'd never catch Klopp doing, obviously, is, is the way that Mourinho spoke about Phil Jones after the game the other night as well. I don't know if I saw his post-match yeah. comments where he said, you know, as, long, as soon as I saw Phil Jones step out, step up in, in the penalties, you know what, I knew we were in trouble. <laughs> it's like, what a thing to say about it, one of your own, a senior player. Did, you know? James Ducker, I think, wrote a piece for the ter- Telegraph saying that the players were all fuming about you know you just you just never ever get Klopp you know you know the thing with Mourinho is he'd literally throw anyone under the bus to defend himself and, and the parked bus obviously well, well, yeah. Yeah, well Klopp is actually the opposite isn't he you know his, his mantra is, is always they're responsible for the wins anything negative any defeats blame me I'll, I'll take I'll take the rap for that and 
you know, the, the contrast between the two of them could hardly be much greater. Right, that's Chelsea done with, so let's look ahead to Chelsea. Um, <laughs> Joe, you were quite keen beforehand to make a point about the rivalry yeah. between Liverpool and Chelsea. Now, I think, I'm trying to work this out, I think since January 2005, which I'm pretty sure is the game where Chelsea won one nil at Anfield and... I think was it, it did Thiago score or handball? It should have been a penalty. Remember Carragher running after Thiago handball. Yeah, that Carragher running after. I'm running after Mike Riley yeah. claim for a penalty. It was nuts. He, he literally flicked, <laughs> flicked it from a corner, didn't he? I yeah, remember yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I think they've played 45 or 46 times since then. Which, when you think about it, in 12 years, that's an entire season of just playing Chelsea. So mm. was this kind of rivalry bred contempt between the two? No, the, the point I want to make is I, I was reading stuff on Wednesday to build up to the game and. You read so much, is it or isn't it a rivalry? And I, I can't believe the amount of Liverpool fans who are almost like quite keen to say, no, it's not a rivalry. Well, well, it's it doesn't Why? have to be Manchester United or, or Everton to be a rivalry. New, new rivalries can be formed. And like it or not, the money and success Chelsea have had and the amount of times the two teams have, have met with each other, it's a rivalry. Of course it is. You know, the... There aren't many teams that Liverpool fans sing about specifically when when there's a game on, and Chelsea are one of them. You know, the, the you ain't got no history song has been sung almost every game that they meet, and of course it's a rivalry, and I don't understand why people. It's almost like I'm too cool to say there's a rivalry, but of course there is. It's massively fierce, and after Man United and Everton, the one team that I think most fans would say they enjoy seeing Liverpool beat probably is Chelsea. I mean, new rivalries do form. You didn't hate James until you started working here. <laughs> no, well, to be honest, I, I used to admire him and then you, you, you work out the type of person he is. The myth got blown away. <laughs> and as well as one trophy, I, I want to make this point. He's been <laughs> Liverpool reporter now for <laughs> seven years. How many trophies has he won? He's won one trophy. It's yeah, not good enough. A lot of near misses. Yeah, some, some of us were at the Champions League final in 2005. You know, admit, so. you've, had a, you've had a few in your reign, but he's got a lot to answer for. Um, yeah, it's a Chelsea Liverpool is, is a rivalry. Keep it making it sensible. Yeah, it's a rivalry, a genuine rivalry. It's existed long enough for certain elements of that rivalry to now be considered old hat. I remember about a, a year ago, a, a Liverpool fan was talking to me, and he he kept still referring to them as Chelsea, and I thought, oh, oh no. come on, just, now. just did move on. Don't speak um, to him again. It, it, was it Mourinho? <laughs> no, no. But uh, yeah, I think because there have been so many big games between them o- o- over the years, like. Say the contrast between Liverpool, who are very much seen as a, a team of um, great heritage, and that uh, the great Liverpool teams were b- built without having to just rely on um, the checkbook. Um, a lot of uh, building of the teams, whereas um, Chelsea, uh, all the uh, the bulk of their success has come in the, the modern era, the Premier League era, since um, Liverpool were last top in the table. So I think it's that contrast, um, whether it's um, the, the brashness, the new money, the, the London element. Um, but yeah, it's, de- it's definitely a rivalry, and I think whoever says it, it isn't, um, and, I, and I wouldn't go along with that. I think, I think that's a very good point, because obviously not everybody's as old as me and Chris. <laughs> and the fact that I'm saying 13 years ago, if you're 20, you probably don't even remember the time before Chelsea were rivalry. Yeah, yeah. So people are brought up. There may be these fans, these younger fans who go, why, why, why are we rivals with Everton? Don't get it. Mm. Well, they probably know that they're, they're pretty close. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm aware of this, Joe. Thanks for the ge- geographical update. No, it's just one of them. I just feel like, I think sometimes football fans don't they don't want to admit that Chelsea are rivals, but of course they are. You know they've yeah. won, they've won like, everything. Yeah, it's a modern rivalry, isn't it? Mm. It's yeah. like it, there's no you can't get away from the fact that you know, there's a, there is a fair amount of uh, you know acrimony between the clubs because as you said earlier, Ian, 
familiarity. Ian? <laughs> no one ever calls me Ian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I think Liverpool fans sort of look at Chelsea as almost like the antithesis of of, of what Liverpool's about, and you know, with their plastic flags and. You know the horrendous pitch announcer before the game. And <laughs> just, <laughs> Hang on, you got it. You got it. You, you, you might be sat next. He might. Goes, he might yeah, be sat oh, next to you. We've, we've had this in the past where we've slaughtered him, and he's come and sat next to us. But do you know, and do you know what? The best thing about him was well, there's only one, one good thing that he's ever done. Was, uh, <laughs> was, um, Anybody who's been to the Stamford Bridge by the way will know exactly I, who we're on. I, I had to sit next to him. Uh, it was, was it the four all game? No, no, no. It was, the, it was when Henderson got. Uh, oh, the two all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's got, like that thirty yarder, and he was slaughtering Henderson, <laughs> saying about, I, I just can't believe Henderson still gets in your team. I just can't believe he he, he still gets a game, and then literally right on cue, bang. And uh, so I did say, to him, I think that's I think that's probably why he still gets a game. <laughs> did he, you do? Um, did you do your trademark Yelp? Yeah, but little, little, <laughs> little fist pump. He got a little squeeze on the knee as well. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, he does that thing with then he and the West End and all that, <laughs> that nonsense and like no, it's just it, it's just a very different club. Um, yeah. But yeah. but the other thing is that rivalry isn't going anywhere in terms of that they're a proper team. I think mm. saw that this week from the depth of the squad and Klopp was rightly the, rightly eulogising about the impact that Sari's had there because you know they they fell back badly last season and you, you think about that game at Stamford Bridge where. Liverpool had bigger fish to fry at the time, obviously because he was juggling Champions League and and, and Liverpool were narrowly beaten. But Chelsea were almost happy to let you have the ball and were quite reactive. And now, you know, he's changed the style so much. And you know, you, in, in, in Hazard as well, they've got you know arguably the best player in the Premier League at the moment. Having said that, when Chelsea came to Anfield last season, I know some people who said that they were probably the best team Liverpool played at Anfield during the whole season. That includes City. Because they were so difficult and they were so well organised, and they seem to still have that kind of defensive solidity, but they're expressing themselves a bit more now, aren't they? And a club before the game on Wednesday was at pains to say, "Hang on, everyone's talking about Austin City. Chelsea haven't lost a game. They drew that one game at, at West Ham. You know, th- this is a team who's got experience of winning titles. They've won two of the last four, is it? I think that's right. Two of the last mm-hmm. four, and most of those players are still there. And even now, they've acquired players like Giroud and Jorginho, who, mm-hmm. who are improvements on what they had already." Yeah, they're they're a cracking side, and I think this new manager, Sarri, has got them playing some good stuff, um, and he's allowed that the players like Hazard, Hazard's just a phenomenal player, isn't he? And, and you know, I, I agree with James. I think he is probably the best pro- player in the Premier League on ability, and on, right in, now in the world, he'd be up there, wouldn't he? Uh, I mean, I always said the thing about about Hazard is that he'll never be as good as he thinks he is. This is when he was younger, but. He's getting dangerously close to that now. He doesn't quite deliver the numbers that the likes of Messi. He's not, or, he's not in the same but, class as Messi. Yet, but, but but he's he's probably up there. You'd say in the top five or six in the yeah, world yeah. after that. Chris, what would yeah. you say? Yeah, if I was actually looking, I realise he's um he's been has he been about um, six years, seven, six, six, seven yeah. years yeah. now, and um he's, for for all that the kicks, all the knocks that he takes, um, he played over three hundred times for them, almost a hundred. Goals now, just that goal that he scored at Anfield. There was not many players could could have done that. No. I mean, we can put pick the bones out of the defending or the 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 problems from a Liverpool point of view. But yeah, I certainly think that beyond those absolute elite players, Messi and Ronaldo being on a different level than the rest of football and, until about a, a year ago. Um, yeah, he's, he's certainly the best of the rest. And I mean, Liverpool have known a long time about him, James, haven't they? Because he scored for for Lille 
uh, again, the, the what was it? Was it the Europa League then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, it was the yeah. so it was actually, yeah, the mm. the one nil where afterwards it was almost Mission Impossible, wasn't it, James? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little private joke there. Um, anyway, please, just, please expand on that. Joke. We, we we can't honestly, we can't. <laughs> I have my own. <laughs> no, there will be the, the, no private jokes really work too well on podcasts. <laughs> I would imagine though, there are at least fifteen to twenty people who are laughing at that one. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Hazard, Klopp in his presser did say, "Look, he's a brilliant player, but." There's no player that's undefendable. And he then mapped out, I think he was asked actually about certain ways you could stop him. And he went, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, you can do that. And I can stop the passes to him and get players close to him. But it's about defending properly and being close to him and having the right numbers close to him. And also, James, he, he made a point of saying, look, it was a great goal. And as, as Chris has just said, you can pit the bones out of the defending. And Klopp did by saying, if they'd gone in, his players, any of those four or five challenges, 100% into the challenge, they would have got the ball. Yeah, absolutely spot on. I got a bit of stick on social media the other night for saying right, it's a great finish. <laughs> it's a great finish, but the defending was absolutely terrible from Kaita and, and Moreno. I think maybe you could even take it before that. I think did he shake off Firmino before Henderson that? Henderson as quite well. Easily. Did he, did he and Henderson, the I think it was Firmino. A, yeah, yeah, and then but certainly the last two that that could have stopped him were Kaita. I know someone <clears> said to me afterwards that Kaita was on a yellow. You know, was worried about it. just because you're on a yellow doesn't stop you at least trying to make a mm. make a challenge. But Moreno. Yeah, God knows what was going through his mind. He did that thing where he just throws his arms in the air. He, he does that back, back. He, he lets people go past the referee that he's not made a foul. Yeah. Yeah. He does that thing attack. where he lets people go past them and then tries to tackle him with a back yeah, heel across yeah. his other just leg, waving him, waving him through. So yeah, it won't, it won't be, it won't be quite as straightforward for him with with Robertson at left back. And I think the, got, the midfield will be obviously it will look very different on he, Saturday evening as well. He's got a very good record though, Hazard, not counting the league. Yeah. Just for Chelsea, I think he's played fifteen. In fact, it's all role in his career. He's played fifteen times against Liverpool, scored six, and and got two assists. Yeah, he's, you know, been... he's, he's never scored twenty goals in a season for Chelsea. But he's ne- he's never really been in that position before, as he's no, always been. Have, you no, know, I'm not. Okay, name me how many central. He is a central midfielder, an attacking no, central he's, midfielder. He's how many attacking? How many attacking attack. central midfielders score twenty goals in a season? No, but he's no. Yeah, I think well, how, many, how, many, question? how many wingers score forty-four in a season? Well, at least one. I know he plays probably a touch fair before, but Mane is a winger, isn't he? He scored twenty last season. Yeah. I, I do think he doesn't quite deliver the numbers, does he? That you. You think a top top player yeah, he's, should he's deliver? Brilliant on the eye, but, but he doesn't always. Have it's not. It's not just about him, though, is it? For Chelsea, no, as no. we were just saying before, they've got. Yeah, I love William. I think he's great. I, I'm not. I can't quite make my mind up on William. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. I like him sometimes, but then again, he's another player. And then that if seems he, to and then if, he, have if, quiet he, spells. if he's not having a great game, I will throw on Pedro. Pedro's a good player. And Jorginho, and Neil Jones, formerly of here, does not like him very much. Well, I think I'll I will say that I was impressed with Ross Barkley. On Wednesday, he was he was better than I've seen him play for a long time. Mm. Although I still think he's not you, quite there. Yeah, you'd be delighted if he was on the team yeah, sheet yeah. tomorrow night. I don't think. Yeah, he's I don't not, think he'll make the starting lineup. Yeah, you're probably right there. But I think it's six issue. months down the line. You might be. I think Chelsea's big issue is their forwards, isn't it? The the one central forward that they play with. Yeah. I mean, Morata was sixty million quid the other night. It just looked like a car horse, yeah. didn't he? Didn't have much going on. And then I know Giroud. I don't think Giroud's a bad player, but if you're signing a lad who yeah. really was a backup player at Arsenal you know that you're in trouble now now Joe says that about Giroud but two things about Giroud Chris is one he's got a very good goal scoring record against yeah, Liverpool in fact he scored the winner at Stamford Bridge last season the other thing is Hazard himself has come out and said I absolutely love playing alongside him because he's this big lump well not lump okay but, but he is, he is <laughs> big. he's a lumbering oaf as I call him he's this he's, he's like the target man he yeah. knows how to be a target man and he's got a fair amount of skill about him as well so you can't knock him over and he's 
able to get the ball around corners and he's kind of got this telepathy with Hazard and I think that's why he may get the numbers that James thinks he's never going to get. Yeah, he's probably better suited to the way Chelsea are playing than, than he ever was at Arsenal. He had a good record at Arsenal, but you never see him being as the, the typical Arsene Wenger centre-forward. So, um, yeah, definitely, especially with, um, we were thinking that Van Dijk's not going to be playing. That's going to that's gonna be a, a big factor, mm. potentially. And... Um, uh, Giroud, like I said, is the kind of player who, who, who's done well. He's got that service to him. Um, he, he's certainly got a, a decent record. So what are we talking then about the team news for Liverpool? What would we pick? James, I'll start with you if you stop looking at your phone. Uh, what <laughs> What would you say? Okay, we'll say this together then. Do we, we all think the front three is going to be the front three. Keeper's yeah. going to be the keeper. Right, full-backs are going to be the full-backs. So the two centre-backs, we've done that already as well, mm-hmm. and we think it's going to play there. But what about the midfield? James, I'll start Nailed with you. On. Nailed on that midfield. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's any, any doubt it'd be Henderson, Wijnaldum and Milner. Nailed on. That's what I said, yeah. I think, obviously, Keiter and uh, Milner both played at um, midweek, but then he, he gave uh, Milner the last half an hour off, and he needs the man in form. So, yeah, James Milner. Yeah, Keiter and Fabinho didn't do enough on the night. I think you know it was always going to be a tough ask to try and force their way in, but... No, I think I think uh, it'll go with that the, the trusted three. We will be expecting. Sorry, Joe, you're going to say Fabinho was an odd one because I thought he had some like he did some really good things. He made some real nice tackles. A couple of passes were good, and then he just seemed off the pace at times. But probably that's to be expected. Yeah. But I, you, I certainly you, think there was enough that I saw there to think there is a player in there somewhere. But you also saw why he hasn't been playing. Yes, yeah, but that 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 was the the intriguing thing about mm. watching him the other night is that you saw both sides of it. I mean, so what do we think then in terms of Salah and Mane, Joe, passing to each other? This has still been something that's been ongoing. There were some more statistics this week that basically yeah. said that Salah and Mane are the two pair that have combined most for chance in the Premier League this season. And Mane, mm-hmm. speaking this week, also basically said, what a load of rubbish. Just hate each other, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Despise the same way, that, yeah, same way that you and... It's like, I think they've got the same... You know, I hate James, but secretly I love him. Uh, <laughs> you, know, I just... you keep that very... Yeah, you you know, hide it very well, to be know, fair. It's a thin line, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's a thin line. I mean, Chris, when you see stuff like this, yeah. do you just think it's just the fact that Liverpool are playing that well at the moment and getting the results that there's so much of a spotlight on them that people are trying to nitpick? Yeah, there is a certain amount amount of that, isn't it? People saying, oh, Salah, not firing on all cylinders. And yet, if you look at what he was doing at a similar um, time last season, it probably stacks up um, well. He's probably not going to get the sort of stellar numbers that he, he got last year. But even even if he got half that amount, it'd still be a decent season. Fair enough. And we will end them with our score predictions. James, I'll come to you last because I'll just ask you what score you think Liverpool will win. Um, Joe, I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, uh, well, yeah. We, yeah, because we we've already done something, before. yeah. Um, but now we're on a podcast. I just got a horrible feeling they're going to get beat. Oh, but 1-1. One, one. I also think 1-1, one, one, Chris. <laughs> I was going to do 1-1, one, one, but... We no, you can, you can still do 1-1. Do do don't, do don't, don't feel any yeah, peer pressure to change it. You're not allowed to say 1-1. One, one. <laughs> well, you two have gone 1-1, one, one, I'll go... 2-2. Two, two. Ah, <laughs> and uh, James, are you reining it into a 5-0 away win? No, no. I, I do, I think, a lot hinges on whether Van Dijk is fit or not. Mm. I just think if he plays, I think Liverpool win. Probably either 2-0 or 2-1. 2-0? Yeah, I can, I, I can see Liverpool keeping them out if, if, if they Van Dijk's there. They haven't there. kept a clean sheet against Chelsea in 17 games. The G1, aren't they? <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> That's me told. And, uh, but yeah, if he doesn't play... Then I just I, I think probably a draw. 
just one final thing then just to remind listeners if you're listening whatever you're listening on and whether it's Spotify or iTunes or Acast just to review rate and subscribe to the show and please leave some nice comments or our podcast champion Michael Pearson will cry and believe me you do not want to see or hear that uh, join us next week then and when we will look back at the game against Chelsea and look ahead to Napoli cheerio you've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo